0: Welcome to the Lifting Lessons at Lunch, hosted by Calvary Baptist Church of Statham, Georgia. My name is Matt Dwyer, and I have the great privilege of pastoring Calvary Baptist Church. This podcast can be heard every Monday through Friday at twelve o'clock. And now, here is our speaker for today. Good afternoon, and welcome to today's Lifting Lessons at Lunch. I hope that you've had a wonderful Friday, and we're looking forward to studying God's Word together as we look at the last church that's mentioned in chapters 2 and 3 of Revelation, the church at Laodicea. Now, this is an interesting church. We've heard a lot of different things about this church, I'm sure, throughout the years, and this church is one that most closely resembles some churches today if we're not careful even our church, right? So I want you to read with me and I want us to look at this church and talk about it for just a few minutes here. In Revelation chapter three, verse 14, the Bible says, and unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, these things saith the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot, I would thou wert cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich and white raiment that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with salve, that thou mayest see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him. And will sup with him and he with me to him that overcometh will i grant to sit with me in my throne even as i also overcame and am set down with my father in his throne he that hath an ear let him hear what the spirit saith unto the churches so we'd see this church in laodicea now laodicea was a place that was known for its wealth it was a very rich place and They were known for manufacturing an eye salve and and for black wool. So it's interesting that Christ mentioned uh, a salve here in uh, in this, uh, anoint thine eyes with eye salve in verse 18. It's because these people knew what he was talking about. This was a manufacturing center for black wool and for eye salve. It was located near a place called Hierapolis, a famous spring that gave cool, clean water to the city. In the beginning of the letter the Lord represents himself in different ways as he does in all of these letters he describes himself in verse 14 as the Amen that's a a reference to Old Testament and and Christ is is called the Amen he he references himself as the uh, faithful and the true witness in verse 14 as well as well as the beginning of the creation of God now the wording of that some people may take that and say oh well that means that God was created, right? No, 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 no. We misunderstand sometimes the way that we read stuff. That does not mean that God was created. It means that Jesus was there in creation. He was there when God created the world. He was there when God created the universe and all the things that are inside of it. We know that from John chapter one, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. So Without him, nothing was made that was made, right? So we know that Jesus was there in creation. God was not a crea- is not a created being. Jesus is not a created being. They were in the beginning at creation. So does th- this does not mean that God was created. It means that God is the beginning of creation. It means that Jesus is the origin of creation. He was there. He was um, a part of creation, as we know from the New Testament. So he's the faithful and the true witness. He's the beginning of the creation of God. We see here that this church is described as neither cold nor hot. Now, of course, when I was thinking about this passage and meditating on it, I was thinking about different drinks that we ingest on a daily basis. And I was thinking about things that we like hot and things that we like cold. Uh, There aren't many things that I like lukewarm. I, I like my coffee. I enjoy drinking coffee. And I like when I drink coffee, I want it to be hot, right? I'm not a cold brew guy, so I don't like when my coffee gets cold, if it gets cold, it's just going down the sink. I'm not drinking any more of it because I don't like it cold. I don't even like it lukewarm. I like my coffee hot. Now, if you've ever had coffee with our pastor or seen him drink coffee, you know that he can ingest hot lava and it doesn't affect him at all. That's what I always tell him. And I'm exaggerating, of course, but he likes his coffee extremely hot and he can drink it extremely hot. I'm not quite that far, but I can, I do like my coffee hot. Now, if I'm drinking a Coke or a sweet tea or even a glass of milk or something like that, I like those things cold, right? We enjoy beverages in different ways. It's interesting the way God describes this church. This church is neither hot, they're neither cold, but they're right in the middle. The the Bible describes them as lukewarm. Now we're gonna look at a couple of different things about this church. The first thing I want you to see is that they lost their vigor. There's three temperatures that are described In the Bible we see the first one here is lukewarm and that's just in between cold and hot we see in uh, Luke chapter 24 the the disciples that were talking they were on the road and they were talking with Christ and they said did not our hearts burn within us when he was talking to us so a lot of people call that spiritual heartburn but that's a that's a, a burning heart a heart that's on fire for God. We see a cold heart. In in Matthew chapter 24 verse 12, it says, And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Boy, aren't we there today in our churches, especially in our world. We are there right now. So we see a cold heart, we see a burning heart, and then we see the lukewarm heart. A lukewarm Christian is complacent they don't realize their need. They've lost their vigor because they're satisfied with where they are. We should be fervent believers of Christ. We should be fervent in spirit. We should be fervent in our prayer. The Bible says that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. We like our drinks cold or hot, but we are lukewarm a lot of times. I would probably speak Spew myself out of my mouth at times because sometimes I become what God describes here as a lukewarm Christian. The church, this church, was self-sufficient. They felt that they had need of nothing. While feeling this way, their church was decaying. It was decaying into nothingness, and they had no idea. They lost their they lost their vigor, but they also lost their values. This was the opposite of the church that we talked about a few weeks ago, the church at Smyrna. The church at Smyrna thought that they were poor. They they thought that they were poor, but God described them as rich. He said, even though you may not have all the material possessions in the world, you're rich in me because of your love for me, because of the things that you're doing, because of what you're uh, giving to me, you are rich. The Laodiceans church thought of themselves as rich when God described them as poor. They began to look at their ministry and to measure things by human standards instead of God's standards. When we begin to do that, we're walking on dangerous ground. Since when did the person next to me that's just as much a sinner as I am, since when did that become my measuring stick? Since when can I say, well, I read my Bible more than this person or I attend church more than this person, so I must be doing okay? No. God's standard is the only standard that mattered. This church was looking at themselves and they were looking at others. They were measuring themselves by human standards instead of God's standards. And God told us exactly what he thought about them in verse 17. He said, because thou sayest I'm rich and increase with goods and have need of nothing and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. They couldn't see it. They couldn't see their need because they were so complacent. They were so satisfied with where they were in life, with where their ministry was. They didn't want any more. They didn't want any less. They thought things were perfect just the way they are. And God says, I've got news for you. You're blind, you're naked, you're wretched, you're poor. He was saying they needed some things to wake them up. In verse 18, he says, I counsel thee. To buy me gold tried with fire that thou mayest be rich and white raiment that thou mayest be clothed And that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear and anoint thine eyes with salve, That thou mayest see He saying you should hope for tribulation You need some persecution you need some trials in your life so that you can see exactly where you are, so that your priorities change and you know that you need to get right with me, that you should be a hot Christian, a burning Christian, not someone that is just lukewarm. So they had lost their vigor, they had lost their values, they had lost their vision. Christ described them as blind meaning that they were unable to see their condition, unable to see the reality of what was happening to their ministry and to them individually. They had become so concerned with building their own kingdom that they had lost sight of the people around them. They had lost sight of the people that needed Christ. They lost sight of their spiritual condition as well as the fact that the Lord was standing outside the church wanting to come in. The last thing is that they lost their vesture. These Christians thought that they had clothes and splendor when actually God described them as being naked. I think of the the book, the story that we used to hear of the emperor's new clothes where they fashioned what what he thought were were fantastic clothes. and, And long story short, he was naked. He walked out and he was presenting himself as if he has the finest robe and the finest clothes and the people were building them up and they were cheering for the emperor's new clothes but in reality it took a small child to say he's not he's got no clothes he's wearing no clothes the emperor is naked that's how this church was they thought that they were clothed in everything that they needed they thought that they could see clearly but god said no you're blind they thought that they were clothed in white raiment but god said no you're naked. They thought that they were rich and had need of nothing, but God said, no, you're poor. You're wretched. They lost their vigor. They lost their vesture. This church has given no commendation for something great they had done. They were patting themselves on the back. They didn't need Christ to give them commendation for anything. Christ goes back in verse 19 and states the reason That he's sending this letter, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. He's giving them rebuke here. He's giving them a chastening letter so that they will do the next thing. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Sometimes God allows us to go through things so that we can have our eyes open, so that we can see him clearly. So that when we see him clearly, we see ourselves clearly we've always heard that the bible should be not just a sword but a mirror so that when we look in these things we see the good we see the bad we see the ugly the things that need to be carved away he wanted them to go from a lukewarm church to a church that was on fire for god with burning hearts as we described earlier in verse 20 it's often used as an invitation for sinners but in this case The Lord is standing outside of this church saying can I come in he's standing at the door knocking and he's saying if any of you will let me in I will come in if any man will hear my voice I'll come in and I'll sup with you and you with me sometimes we lose our vision and we lose our vigor and our vesture and our values the last verse ends as as most do in the latter end he that hath an ear let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. When we've lost these things, when we've become lukewarm, when we have lost the things that God wants for us, sometimes we need a wake-up call. Our church today, as the church at Laodicea, needed a wake-up call. We need a wake-up call. Church, we have become lazy. We have become soft in our convictions. we become soft in our in our uh, view of God, we become lazy in the way that we pursue God. We become lazy in the way that we pursue others to preach the gospel to them, to share the good news of the gospel with them. We become lazy. Are we listening to the voice of God today? I know we as Calvary Baptist Church, God is standing there knocking saying, are you going to let me in? Now we invite God into our services. He's there with us. He said where two or three are gathered, there am I in the midst. So we know that he meets with us. But are we acknowledging him? Are we putting him first? Is he the most important thing in the ministry of Calvary Baptist Church, in the ministry of every one of us as individuals? Are we concerned about souls? Are we obeying what God has called us to do? Are are we only focused on me and just my few. If we're that way, then we are lukewarm. We can't be that way. God says here that he spews us out of his mouth. If we are lukewarm, if we're in the middle, if we're complacent, if we are lazy, God said, I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. He has no need for that. It's, it's gross to him, I would say. It's gross to him for someone to be lukewarm. We have to be on fire for God. I hope that our church, I hope that us as individuals, this has been a a challenge for me to be more on fire for God. My prayer to him is to help me to be on fire for him. I never want to be in the middle. I certainly never want to be cold. But God wants us to be on fire for him. Let us examine ourselves today and ask God to examine us, to show us our need, to create in us a clean heart. Search us, oh God try us see if there be any wicked way in me i pray that this has been a challenge to you today i pray that looking at all of these churches has been a challenge and an encouragement to our hearts starting next week we're going to look at a few different things that our church needs not just our church but every church to deal with this world To deal in uh, the scope of eternity, knowing and living as if God could come at any moment. I look forward to studying God's word again with you next week. God bless you.